Genesis chapter 2, and then we're going to also go over to Genesis chapter 3 for a few verses as well. I'd like to say that certainly enjoyed ourselves yesterday morning there at Sky Zone. I wore myself out sitting and watching those kids jump. But we had a wonderful time and appreciate what the Lord has done. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse number 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now look down to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he made unto the... And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day... Ye eat thereof, then ye shall be as gods, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed big leaves together and made themselves aprons. You may be seated. Father, God in heaven, Lord, as we bow in Your presence this day, Father, we're thankful. Thankful for what we felt in this place this hour. Thankful, Lord, for Your sweet spirit that has swept across this building today. Thankful, Lord, for Your precious Word that we've opened and read from this day. Thankful, Lord, for these that have come and been obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. We're thankful for the beautiful singing, the wonderful testimonies. And God, it's just certainly been a wonderful day. God, we pray now, Lord, that You'd help us. Lord, that You'd use us. God, I pray, Lord, that You'd take this stammering tongue of mine and help me, Father, to preach in the Spirit just for a few moments. God, You know how we need You. God, we stand in need and stand in want of a touch from another world today. And Father, we pray if there's one here that has a burden, has a need, Father, we pray, Lord, that the needs and burdens would be met at this altar. And Father, we just want to give You glory, give You praise, and give You honor in everything that's said and done. And it's in Christ's name we pray. And amen. Now the truth is today that that there's a number of scriptures that we could have read, passages of scripture that we could have read to get our thought uh, simply for today. But I want to preach just for the next few moments on simply this. Uh, making mistakes, making mistakes. Now, there's a lot of things I know that uh, every one of us has differences. I, I'm convinced of that. There's not one, two, or two people, two individuals that that's exactly the same. There's you, you, we got male, female. Some of us are young. Some of us are old. 
different color hair. Some of us don't have any hair. But there's just, there's just differences all across the room and we can pick those differences out. But you know what? There is one thing that every one of us has in common today. There, there's common ground with every one of us today and that's simply this, that every one of us has made mistakes. Would you agree with me about that? Every one of us has made... You know what? If truth be told, we could probably stand and admit and say that we've made a mistake already today. You think about it. Now, would you agree with me that Eve made a mistake? Now, let me just say this. It wasn't all her fault. Adam made a mistake as well. But you think about that, and I, I want to, you, you know, and, and you would think that, that the Bible, uh, th- this word that we learn from, this word that we, that we read about, and it teaches us the ways of the, uh, of the, of, of the Christian life, and, and I think we ought to pattern our life after Christ, but you would think that this Bible would be plumb full of perfect people. But you know what? It's just the opposite. And you think there's only one person. Let me just, let me just put this in its place right now. There's only one man that was ever perfect, and that was the Lord Jesus Himself. Perfect. No guy even found in His mouth. He was the innocent, perfect Lamb of God. But we can look down through the pages of this Bible and see that it is full of men and women that has made mistakes. And you know what? We can learn from their mistakes. You think about... We know that Adam and Eve made, made a mistake. We know that Abraham made mistakes. Abraham lied. Do you remember when he lied? He said that his wife was his sister. He lied. You think about Moses. When Moses, his anger got to him at times. And he smoked the rock. You remember that? Moses got mad. And and Moses made mistakes. And you think about David. King David. David made mistakes. Did he not? He was guilty of murder. He was guilty of, of fornication. You think about the mistakes that these men and these women made down throughout. You think about Peter. They didn't always get it right, did they? They made mistakes. And you think about it. And as humans, we're full of faults. We're full of failures. And we're full of mistakes. And we've all messed up and, and fell short. You think about Judas. You think about these ones that, that, that made, the, made the mistakes. But you know what? There's one important thing I want you to get a hold of before we leave this place today, is simply this. For every mistake that we make, there's a price to be paid. There's a penalty to be paid. You think about that. For every mistake that we make. Now, if, we, if it's just simply an accident, you think about this. If it's just sim- Say we're, we're in a crowded room and we bump into somebody and, and, it, and it was an accident. You know, an apology is, is probably good enough. You think about that. You bump into somebody and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And you know, for, for the, 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 whether, and whether it's intentional or not, whether, whether it's, it's intentional or it's a pure accident, there's going to be penalties and going to be prices for the mistakes that we made. But you know, an apology is, is probably good enough for some of the, the, the simple, small mistakes and messes that we may make in our life. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. But you think about this. You ever think about, about mistakes in a marriage? You know, none of us are perfect. We've all got flaws and faults and failures. And you know, there's not one marriage that is perfect. I'd like to tell you that mine and Sarah's marriage has always been what it should have been. But I can't say that. And if you be honest and if you be true, you can say the same thing about your marriage. 
You know, you think about it. When you've got two different people that come together from two different backgrounds, two separate uh, lifestyles perhaps, and you've got those two people that come together, there's going to be confusion at times. There's going to be chaos at times. And there's going to be, I heard one fellow say, there's going to be intense fellowship at times. You think about that. And it's true in every one of our relationships. And it's true in every one of our marriages. And you know, you know, I, I like this though. There's never been a time that Sarah and I has gotten it. Now, she'll... I've got to be careful right here. <laughs> At times, um, boy, you... I've got to... I, I'm getting in deep right here. <laughs> There's times when Sarah would want to argue with that microphone right there and convince it that she's right. And I'm just the opposite. And she'll tell you that. She'll tell you that. I'd just soon let it go and we'll live another day, hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, you think about, you think about a marriage... And it's not going to be perfect. But you know what I like about mine and her marriage? We can find Christ as the center point of our marriage. And all of our differences seem to fade away when we can come together in Christ. And I like that. Thank the Lord for what He's done in my marriage. You know, there's been things that's happened in in our marriage and by the grace of God we're together today. Thank God. But you know, you think about this, young ladies. If you're interested in dating a young man or you are dating a young man, I want to warn you about a few things. It's not always, when you look at him today, he's not always going to look like that after marriage. You ever think about that? Boy, he's going to gain 50 pounds within the first couple months. He's going to forget to comb his hair or his hair's just going to completely fall out. One or the other. You think about it. He's going to grow hair on his teeth. <laughs> but, you know, but you think about this, young man. You know, in, in a relationship, I mentioned this not too long ago, you've got to be careful that Make sure the girl that you're dating is not so cross-eyed that when she cries, the tears roll down her back. <laughs> but you know, I thought about even even at this when if you go if I, I, and I've seen this, I, I've I've been the result, I've seen the results of this a time or two. I thought about there's been times when maybe I. I come home from work or whatever it may be, and and Sarah's there, and I don't smell supper or cooking, and there's nothing on the table, and I'll speak up and say, "How you doing, honey? Fine." I know right then I'm on a landmine. I've got to keep my mouth shut, and I've got to back out as though there's landmines all around. Got to go get some flowers somewhere. You can run over here to the closest cemetery. They don't need them. But you, go, 
Go get something and bring to that woman. You've got to bring prizes to her and gifts to her. You've got to bring those things to her. And you know what? At times, because of our relationships in a marriage, uh, it, it may cost us a little bit at times. You ever think about making mistakes, the, the children making mistakes with their parents? I'd like to tell you that I was a good little boy growing up. But David and Joyce DeWeese can tell you otherwise and tell you different. But you know, I look back and see that mom and dad had my best interest in mind. When I was doing things that they told me not to do, when I didn't do things that they told me to do, you know, dad, dad told us one time, and it was yes, sir, or no, sir. And if we didn't do it then, it wasn't, wait a minute, I'll take care of that later. I'm going to do this first. It wasn't like that. Dad said at one time, and it was going to be done, or there was going to be a price to pay. There was going to be a penalty to pay for me not minding my dad. You think about this. You show me a child that's telling their parents what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. And I'll show you a child that has not had punishment in their life. I'll show you a child that that has not had the responsibilities. And and you think about that and how important it is. I can look back now. I didn't like it in the day when when Dad had a belt and I know it was that long. And it come across my hind parts more than I'd like to admit to. But you know what? I didn't like it. But you know what? I look back today and I appreciate my mom and my dad because it let me know that they loved me. And you think about it. It's none other, no different with the Lord. When we get out of line, if you're, if you're one of His, now he'll not, if you're not His, you don't belong to Him right now. And He'll not chasten you. But if you're one of His and you get out of line, you do something that you know you shouldn't do, what happens? He'll take us out to the woods won't he? And He'll show us where we're wrong. Through His Word and through the preaching and through the teaching and through His Spirit that convicts our heart and our lives. Thank God for that. I'm glad that when I make faults and make mistakes and mess up, I'm glad that the Spirit will speak to me and say, hey, wait a minute, you've messed up. Thank God that I can come back and know that God is faithful to forgive. But you think about mistakes. You know there's a lot of children that that have not been made to pay the penalty or pay pay the price for the, the messes and mistakes that they've made. And we're seeing the results of that day simply because parents don't correct their children the way that they should. You know, you think about you think about your job. You know, we need discipline in our life. We've got to have discipline. You, you think about you think about that child, and you know that I, I believe this. I believe that that when we correct our children, we're saving their soul from hell. You realize that? Because we're teaching them to submit to authority that they can see. And you think about it. Later on in life, if we don't, if we don't make them to submit to the authority that they can see, later on when life, when, in life when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to their life and their heart, how can we expect them to submit to authority that they cannot see through the Holy Spirit? How important it is as a parent, we've got to make our children submit to the authority of us and, 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 and have discipline in our life. You think about your job. 
We mess up at our job. You know, we'll get reprimanded. We'll get written up. I remember one time I got wrote up at work. You remember that, Sarah? I did. Uh, it was we was working night shift at the Locks and Dam several years ago, and I was flagging this what they called the creter crane, and it it ran concrete down in. We was placing concrete and pouring concrete, in, and it was like a two hundred ton uh, crane on a, a. It had a, a conveyor on it, and it would swing back and forth and boom up and down and telescope in and out, and it ran the concrete up that conveyor and dropped it down, and we were placing the concrete. And my job was to work with the operator and flag the operator and place the concrete in place. Well, we was down in between two blocks, and there was it was night shift, and there was lights on the, the on the upper blocks, and they were shining down in where we can see. And the, the operator was mad, by the way. It wasn't all my fault, but. I told him to swing one way and he swung over too far and he hit the light and it broke the light and glass began to fall down in and I got in trouble for it. Got rode up at work. If we make mistakes, there's penalties and prices for the mistakes that we make. And if we go far enough with those mistakes, we're liable to get terminated from our jobs. We're liable to lose our jobs or get fired. Penalties and prices for mistakes that we made in our job, making our jobs. What about... Breaking the law. How many of you have ever had a speeding ticket? Guilty. Just because we're Christians, just because we're saved and on our way to heaven doesn't mean that we're above the law. You can't go out here and speed down the road and when the police officer pulls you over, wait a minute, I'm, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm on my way. Let me know how that works for you. Yeah. It's not going to work too well. But you know, because of penalty, or because of breaking the law and, and, and making mistakes with the law, there's penalties and prices to make. You might get fined. I can remember getting fined for going too fast down the road, getting caught, getting fined and having to pay the fine. And you know what? If it goes far enough, making mistakes with the law, we'll end up in jail, in prison. Maybe some of you have been there. You know what we're talking about. You've made those mistakes and made those messes and you've messed up. But you know what? You think about this. What about, what about making a mistake that could cost you your life? You ever think about that? A mistake that could cost... You know, listen young people, you know they're, they're, the cemeteries is full of young people your age that should be in a church service on a Sunday morning like this morning but they're six feet in the ground simply because of bad choices and making mistakes in their life. You think about it. You think about the, the people that got up this morning and tied their own shoes, not expecting to be laying in a morgue somewhere and having the man take his shoes off or take her shoes off of her feet. You think about it. They're undressed them in, in the morgue. You think about it. You think about the people all across this land that had no idea when they woke up this morning, this was their day. That God was going to call them out. Making mistakes that could cost us our life. And you know, we see it all the time. People choose to do this and do that and because of that, they're no longer with us. My goodness. You know, I want to I want to share just a few thoughts about the greatest mistake that you can ever make in this life. And it goes far beyond, it goes far beyond just being as a simple apology. 
just a, an accident. It goes far beyond that. It goes far beyond uh, uh, m- m- mistakes and mess-ups in your marriage. It goes far beyond even uh, mistakes and, and mess-ups even that would take your own life if you think about that. Simply this. The greatest mistake that you can ever make in this life today is refusing the call of God on your heart and your life. Let me say this, if, you get, if God has spoken to your heart, if, if you're here and you're unregenerated, if, you're not, if you've not been born again, you're not saved, your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you get up and you walk out these doors the same way, it will be the greatest mistake that you will make in this life. I promise you. It goes far beyond a mistake that could cost you your life. This is a mistake for eternity. You think about it. And how important it is that we get it right. How important it is that we don't make that mistake. I, rem- I remember I made that mistake one time. God began to call me. I should have got saved several months before I did. But thank God He was faithful. Let me just say this. He don't have to come back. If He's knocking now, if He's speaking now, right now's the time for you to meet Him. Don't expect for them there to be another time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. The greatest mistake that you could make is saying no to the Lord Jesus today. I want you to think about that mistake. I thought about this. I thought the reason why that that mistake is the greatest mistake that we can ever make is simply this. You can't pay for that mistake. And the reason why you can't pay for that mistake is simply this, it's already been paid for. Do you know that God sent His only begotten Son into this sinful world to die for sinful man, to shed His precious blood, to be stretched out between heaven and earth and nailed to the cross, and there He nailed your sins there. You cannot pay for the sin mistake in your life. You can't pay for the sin debt in your life. Jesus has already done that. You think about it. You know, thank God that he, Jesus went to the cross and there He suffered and bled and died for me. I take it personal. Amen. He done it just for me. Amen. If there was never another sinner in this world, Christ died for me. But thank God I can be forgiven. I can be redeemed. Oh, bless His holy name. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but yet Jesus suffered and died for me. And you think about this. You know, I thought about, well, maybe somebody might say, well, I can't go down there. Them people down there at Union Valley, they shout and they hoop and holler and they clap and they run around. They, they praise, they raise their hands and praise the Lord. They can't, I know how them people are. I know the mistakes that they make. Let me say this. Hey, I'm not shouting today because I'm worthy. I'm not shouting today because I'm perfect. I'm not shouting today because anything that I've done. But I'm shouting because of what Jesus has done. It's all about Him today. And it's not about you and it's not about me. I can shout today because of what Jesus has done in my heart and my life. Making mistakes. Making mistakes. You know... Jesus, thank God, He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Savior of this world. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. 
Maybe He's inviting you yet today to come, not make the greatest mistake that you'll ever make is refusing Him and rejecting Him. Saying no to the Holy Spirit of God and leaving and walking out of this place the way that you've walked in. I want you to notice this. You know, Paul said that, that there's none righteous, no, not one. And Isaiah said that we all like sheep have gone astray. We've all come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners in the sight of God. But thank God when we come to that place and kneel at an old-fashioned altar and the blood is applied, you know God can't see beyond the blood. He looks to the blood and says, Satisfied. The precious blood of His only begotten Son satisfies His wrath upon you and upon me. But you know outside of that, I want you to know that there's a place called hell. And if you refuse Jesus today, if you refuse the Holy Spirit today, and you walk out of here unsaved, I want you to know that hell is where you'll be. And you think about it, and later on there'll be a place called the lake of fire, and there you will forever be in the judgment of God, burning and burning throughout eternity. You think about it. That's a long time without end. No end in sight. The greatest mistake that you can ever make is refusing and neglecting the call of God on your heart and your life. Christ is our only hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on His dear name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I want you to notice this. I'll be done here in just a moment. But I want to ask you, have you made the choice today for Christ? Or have you made a mistake? And you know what? One thing about mistakes, you know our, our flesh and our pride will convince us that we're right. Our flesh and our pride will convince us that we've not messed up. It's, it's not Everybody, this whole world's messed up, but I'm okay. That's what our pride and our flesh will tell us, but I want you to know. And, and it's hard to admit. It's hard to come down to it and admit when we've, when we've messed up and made mistakes. That's one of the hardest things for a, a human to do, is to admit that they're wrong. But I want you to know that Jesus is right, and you're wrong. If you're outside of Christ today, if you don't know Him, if you don't have a personal relationship with Him, you're wrong. And Jesus is right for you. Can you find a place in, in your mind somewhere? And it, you may not be able to go to the very day. You may not be able to go to, to the very time, a, a date, and a, and a time, a month, whatever it may be. You may not be able to pinpoint that very time. But in your own mind, can you find a place in your heart and in your mind where you knelt at an old-fashioned altar, and I'm, it may be your bedside, it may be your car seat, wherever the condition is right that, you meet, that God meets your needs and you ask Him to save your soul, that's, where I'm talking. that's the old-fashioned altar. is in the privacy of your own heart. It's not always a pretty altar like this right here. I knelt at a bell of straw. A long time ago, and God saved a little 10-year-old boy. I ain't got over it yet. I ain't got over the fact that He saved me when He did. 
thank God He's been good to me, church. I owe my life to Him. I owe my all to Him. But can you find a place in your heart and in your life where you know that you've made things right with the Lord? And once you know, it'll be a mistake if you leave here and not know that. It'll be a mistake if you leave this church and not know of a place where you made things right with you and the Lord. Know for yourself that you've got a personal relationship with Him. I want to share this with you now. I'll be done. I heard one time, this is a true story. I heard that there was a young man that was in college. I'm not sure what college he was in. And he was a great swimmer. I mean, just a standout, a phenomenal swimmer and a diver. And he went to college and he was in a dorm room with three other young men. And those three other young men were saved. They were Christians. And they were reading their Bibles all the time. They were studying and have prayer meetings right there in the dorm. And they were trying to witness to this young man that was a diver. He lived in a, a rough a situation, a rough home life. And they tried to witness to him. He didn't want nothing of it. You know, he had to he'd tell him, I got my whole life. And, and they anticipated that this young man, he was so good that he was going to go on to the Olympics and dive and swim in the Olympics. And he didn't want nothing to do with God, didn't want nothing to do with the Bible. Well, he got a couple weeks off or a week off from school and he went home to, to the unregenerated family that he lived with and no, no, heard nothing about God or heard, no, didn't hear the prayers of the other young men that they prayed over their food at, at different times and didn't hear the, them reading and studying the Word of God. But there was something that was instilled in that young man's life. The whole time he was gone, he couldn't think about what those young men had told him, how they witnessed to him and told him about Jesus and he would tell them, I don't want nothing to do with it, but they would tell him, well, Jesus died just for you. And how did they would tell that young man that there was something that was there? Well, he come back the week later and come back to the, to the school, went upstairs in his dorm room and throwed his stuff down, and, and sure enough, there were those three boys, had their Bibles open, reading and studying and praying. And they tried to witness to him, oh, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to go to the pool and I'm going to die. We'll practice some dives. They didn't know that God had been working on him this, that whole past week while he was gone. He went down there, and I've seen this. I remember at, at West Virginia Tech when we was up there, I'm pretty sure that building, the, that huge pool room up there, the, the boards or the sides of the walls only went up so far, and then it was glass, went all the way around for like 8 or 10 feet high. And it was late at night when this young man went in there. And it was a full moon and, and the full moon was shining through the, those windows. And it was just something special when he walked in there. It was dark, there wasn't no lights on, but the full moon was shining in this. And he thought, well, I've never done this before. I'm going to dive in the dark. He went down there and he climbed up on that, on that, however tall that thing is, 18, 19 feet high, that diving board. And there he stood. You know how those divers do? They'll, they'll back up right out to the very edge. And they'll put just the tips of their toes right on the very edge of the diving board. And, and I understand that when he stuck his arms out like he always did to get, to get ready to dive, the moon that was shining so brightly behind him, it casted a shadow on the wall in front of him. And he began to look and he thought, he's seen that cross, Brother John. And he began to think about what those boys had told him, Jesus that went and hung on the cross and bled and suffered and died for him. And he didn't know. He said, he said, I don't know why I did what I did, but I took three or four steps forward. I knelt on that board. And there I asked Jesus.
Jesus to forgive me. And there, 18 or 19 feet in the air on that diving board, Jesus saved his soul. Well, he was weeping and crying. And the custodian come in and come busting through the door and looked up there sir, and heard that young boy up there crying and said, Hey, what are you doing up there? He said, oh, I was getting ready to dive. And he said that while I was up here, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord saved me right here on this board. And the custodian flipped on the light and he said, Thank God that he did. The pool was empty. Drain the pool. You think about that young man plunging to his death. And while I'm preaching here this morning, he would be burning in hell today. But thank God, God spoke to him and thank God that he knelt and found Christ in his heart and his life. He didn't make that mistake. He didn't say no anymore. Making mistakes. Would you stand with me this morning?